Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. John 15 and 13 reminds us of Jesus' words where he says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So basically, uh, Jesus is reminding us that true love requires action and he's not just talking about laying down in a physical sense and sometimes um, that may be required but those are not the everyday occurrences so Jesus is using a uh, hyperbolic uh, message in challenging us And asking his followers, how far are you willing to go? Are you willing to lay down your life for your fellow man, your fellow woman? How far are you willing to go with your love? And Jesus, the perfect embodiment of love, demonstrated this to his followers, and he's demonstrating that to us. He went the ultimate way. He set the ultimate example in laying down his life for us, his physical life. He laid it down for us. And not only that, uh, his existence, him coming down and adding on humanity, not losing any divinity, but adding on humanity, Jesus showed us what it means to actually love people. If we look at the New Testament, we find numerous Occurrences where the disenfranchised was confronted by Christ in order for him to help them. They didn't even know they needed help, but Jesus went the extra mile and he helped them. If we look at the story of the Samaritan woman in John 4, we see a perfect example of Christian love, of agape love. Here's a woman who has a past and due to her culture, she has a bias against a certain race because the majority were biased against her race for the Jews uh, looked down upon the Samaritans because of their culture, because of their biology, they looked down on the Samaritans. Jesus knew this. So as they're having this dialogue at the well, she kept talking about uh, the gulf, the conflict between uh, the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus finally challenges her and he says, if, if you knew, and I'm summarizing, he said, if you knew who was asking you to drink, you would give it to him. And 
she perceived for uh, him to be a great prophet. And ultimately, she learned about who Jesus was, the Yahshua, the anointed one. And she became an evangelist. She left Jesus and went back into her town and, and reported to everyone to come see a man. She invited everyone to come see a man. And because of this woman's faith and because of her, uh, her spiritual uh, rejuvenation, she was able to go back and be a blessing for the Lord. So what am I saying? I'm trying to impart this biblical concept of humanity. God is not focused on our color. He's focused on our heart. And if we as believers start looking at people as people, not a white man, not a black man, not a white woman, not a black woman. If we start looking at people as people, the world would take note and see the difference in the children of God. So when the need arises for us, then we need to minister. When the need arise for us to stand up, then we need to stand up. When the need arises for us to be a good neighbor, then we need to be a good neighbor. So Jesus has uh, provided us a great example on how to be a good neighbor. Then there's a second verse that I like to introduce. And it's found in Mark, the 12th chapter, verses 30 and 31. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, it's going to take for us to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And I realize some people may be saying to themselves, well, I've never uh, have done that before. Um, I've never uh, reached out to other races and I feel uncomfortable. And um, I'm not a racist, but um, I just have all black friends or I just have all white friends. Well, let me challenge you. We're not saying for you to get rid of your friends. And Christ is not saying for you to get rid of your friends. But what we are saying is if your path crosses with someone of another race, look for opportunities to build relationships. It doesn't matter who you come in contact with. As the Holy Spirit impresses his will on your heart, we need to be obedient and Reach out to other people. Doesn't matter what race they are. And in doing so, the people around you will notice the difference. Those in your circle will notice the difference. And I promise you, when we stand up for righteousness sake, people take a look and people are touched and they'll see what the standard is for race relations. So I believe if this, if this country is going to advance 
to be what God would desire for them to be, it must start with the church. And the church, in turn, has to start dealing with itself or dealing with other races the way that God intended for us to deal with it. Not the way that we used to do it, but in practicing Christian love. In the last episode, we said that the uh, mnemonic device that we were going to use was uh, R-A-C-E, race. And the first letter uh, was R, of course. And we said it stood for redemption. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1 and 7. And we said in Ephesians 1 and 7, uh, the word for re- redemption in the Greek is apolytrosin. And that means to set free, to liberate, delivered, or ransomed. That's what apolytrosin means. And uh, we're talking about being set free. And that's what God offers. There are those that do have a bigoted attitude. And they're inside the church. But they don't realize this about themselves But God is reminding us that he wants to set us free. So whatever our issues are, he wants to set us free from that. So we can love on people and we can accept people not based on skin color, but because of who they are. They are children of God and we need to love on them like God loves on them. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Titus 2 and 14. And in that passage, uh, the word redeem is lycrosatea. Uh, lycrosatea. And it's a verb uh, in this context, in the third person singular, meaning to release or uh, be released by payment of ransom. So it's almost like a, re- a release on receipt. So that's what Jesus did for us. He released us from uh, our, our issues, from our sins. He released us. We are liberated. We, we've, we've been redeemed. Uh, we've been bought with a price, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Then the uh, next letter is A for adoption. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Romans 8 and 15. And so we've been adopted. God has grafted us in. And we need to be thankful for this adoption. And God treats us just like any other children of God. Uh, there's no uh, less category in God's eyes, we are just as saved as another race. So as a result of that, we need to be thankful, right? The, uh, the Judeo Christians can say, well, we have an edge in God's eyes because, uh, we're Jewish Christians, but God, uh, in his magnificent omniscience has grafted us in and we are on equal footing with any other race. So we need to be thankful. And as a result, we should be grateful enough to extend that same invitation to other people, not based on race, 
not based on skin color, not based on culture, not based on dialect, not based on education, not based on positions in life. We must share the gospel with everyone. We must love on people regardless of the race. So this word adoption in the Greek is heotesias. Heotesias. And it means to adopt and it's used in Romans 8.15 uh, as a noun. Then uh, we see it again in its conjug- a conjugated form, uh, heotesian. And that's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Accord, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined or predestinated us in the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. And I love the way Paul writes that. We've been accepted in the beloved, who is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, chapters 4 through 6. So we ought to be grateful and follow uh, Christ's example. Uh, regardless of where we were or how he found us, he gave us an opportunity to be liberated and to be adopted by God himself. Then C, for the uh, uh for race is Christ, uh, the Christos, the anointed one. And Jesus died uh, for us to better understand who we are, not through the purview of what we've always learned growing up, not the things that we learn from our friends, right? When Jesus saved us, uh, he challenges us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is our reasonable service. So God is challenging us to look at the world through a Christian lens, through a Christian worldview. And how are we to look at other people? We need to look at other people as people and not be tricked up. Because someone looks different than us. Then lastly, uh, once we accept Christ, we learn that God wants us to be ecumenical. That's what the E stands for, ecumenical. Christ died for the ecclesia, the universal global church. And there are believers all around the world, different nationalities, cultures, tongues, different uh, scope of education. But we are brothers and sisters. And we learn this, especially when we look at the first century church, which consisted of multiple nationalities, the apostle Luke, if we read the book of Acts, especially chapter two, uh, during the time the Holy Spirit came upon them in Pentecost, uh, it revealed to us that God had a plan for all of us globally, not just geographically or localized uh, Christianity, but God has a global sense, uh, a, a, a Catholic sense, not Catholic in terms of denomination, but Catholic in terms of definition. Catholic means universal. So God has a plan for his universal church. And those present at the day of Pentecost who spoke in each other's tongues were represented and, and identified. We learn, first of all, that there were Jews, of course, but then we learn 
that there were Parthians, and Parthians uh, were uh, ancient Iranians uh, who were there, and there was a large contingency of Iranians. There were Parthians, there were Medes, there were the Elamites, and then there were the uh, Mesopotamians who lived in ancient, uh, modern-day ancient Iraq. Uh, that's the region. Then there were Galileans. Again, uh, those in, in, in uh, Israel's uh, region. Then there were Judeans, Palestinians. Uh, and Judeans live in the modern region of Palestine and, and of course, the uh, Middle East. Then the uh, uh, Cappadocians, uh, which is the region of modern-day Turkey. And Turkey had a, a large contingent on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Pontus, those who lived in Pontus, that's again Turkey, ancient Turkey. Then there were those from the Asian uh, region as, were, as, as well. Uh, then there were the Phrygians. And again, Phrygia is in the region of Turkey. Then Pamphylia. These were the Greeks. Then there were the Egyptians. There were Egyptians represented on the day of Pentecost. Uh, then there were Libyans, uh, Northern Africa. Uh, Cyrene is identified. Uh, Simon of Cyrene, who helped Christ with the cross, uh, came from Northern Africa. Then there were Romans. Uh, then there were Crete. Uh, Crete is in the region of Greece. Then Arabia, uh, including Syria, Jordan, uh, Yemen, and Qatar. That's the modern-day uh, region of those places. So they remain steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, Acts 2.42. And what that tells us is God has a plan for all races, all tongues, all cultures, all uh, backgrounds. God has a place for everyone. So, yes, you can witness to the Muslim. Yes, you can uh, um, witness to uh, the Buddhist. You can witness to the Hindu. We want them to know Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus, we need to share the gospel with them. And really, that's what it's all about. It's about uh, us being obedient to the will of God that we can combat this issue of racism and thus set an example for the rest of the world. So what can you do to combat racism? As I wrap this episode up, number one, work on your blind spots. All of us have blind spots. My issue may not be racism. It may be selfishness. But if your issue is racism, you have to work on it. You have to look in the mirror which is the word of God, you have to ask yourself, do I turn other people away just because of your skin color? Do I not include other people just because of their race? And if it's a yes, ask God to forgive you, you forgive yourself, and be intentional about building relationships. That's number two. Be intentional about building relationships, even if it initially makes you uncomfortable. Be intentional. Then the third thing is to speak out against racism when you see it. As a Christian, we have to, we have to stand up for righteousness. So we need to speak out against racism. Then lastly, you may want to uh, 
work on your language and start calling people by their names because you made it a point to learn their names. And we can't just afford to keep uh, singing or using terms as, oh, that white person or that black person or that Asian person or, or whatever it is. Let's start learning people's names. So when we are talking about them, uh, we have a better grasp of who they are because we've spent time uh, intentionally trying to find out more about them. Being a Christian is a great thing. Uh, it's not always easy. And God tells us that it's not an easy walk, but it's the best thing for us. It is the best thing for us. And if we love our family members, if we love our neighbors, if we love our colleagues, if we love strangers in terms of their humanity, then the best thing we can do is not just buy them a gift card or a birthday card or a Christmas present. But the best thing we can give anyone is the gospel. Regardless of race, the gospel is for everybody. It's the best gift that anybody can receive. And it's not just talking about it. It's about living it out. It's about living it out. And thankfully, race is not my issue. I have other issues, but race is not one of them. And so I'm challenging you, if race is your issue, work on it. Work on it. It's, it's, it's commanded by God that we work on it so that we can fulfill our ultimate destiny in Christ. Building relationships, and that's what Jesus did. He built relationships. Well, that concludes our uh, episode, part two, on race on making sure that we fully understand what God expects of us. Uh, We've been redeemed. Uh, We've been adopted. Uh, Christ has saved us, and he wants us to be ecumenical, uh, which means global. So I'm praying that uh, these last two episodes have been of benefit to you and that you'll go out and share the gospel uh, with other people. And as we as we're uh, talking to people, be transparent, be transparent. And that's what brings in people. That's what attracts people to you is if we're honest with our own weaknesses, if we're honest with our testimony and people knowing that I, too, have a problem and uh, Jesus can help me with those problems. As always, if you're listening to the Sound Reasoning radio show, Uh, It is supported by listeners like yourselves, and I want to challenge you. If this show has been a help to you, please consider becoming a financial partner. You can go to our website, srministries.org, and you can donate there or you can uh, mail it to us, uh, whatever your love offering is, by going to the website and getting the information. And remember to continue to do for the truth. Uh, what so many people do for a lie. Uh, stand firm. Be always to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. And as Jesus says, to do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. We have to love on people regardless of skin color. Love on people regardless of whether or not they look like us. Love on people. 
And if you have any questions, you can also send that through the website and we'll uh, get it the answer right back to you. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. God kept calling my heart. Like, I just knew He was my safe place. I hope people don't walk away going, Wow, you're really awesome. More than like, Wow, Jesus is really interesting. And He's really awesome. Everybody on this planet is dealing with some sort of what if. How does that one courageous decision affect the whole world? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. If you were encouraged by what you just heard, please search Trevor Talks on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com.